Hello, America, and all of our listeners all around the world. You're listening to yet another edition of Let's Weekend. I'm your host for the most, Brandon Perkins. Joining me, as always, is Chris Selegy. Say hi to the good people, Chris. Hello. Yeah, so this week's episode is for February 17th, 2024. And, uh, yeah, uh, that brief little respite we had with some warm weather basically came and went super quick, super quickly. <laughs> Because uh, it's in the 40s right now while I'm talking to you, uh, and it's supposed to get down into the 30s tonight. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we, we had, we, you know, the the groundhog said we were supposed to get it in early spring, but, uh, well, never trust a groundhog. So, yeah. Anyway, this week we have stuff about... Uh, 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 some uh, we the Super Bowl of course was last week, but the victory they had a victory parade at Kansas City, and unfortunately something really awful happened during that. Uh, we will be discussing that briefly. Um, we also have ongoing news from the Israeli Hamas war that's going on. Um, former President Trump has well opened his mouth again, um, but it wasn't all good for him. He had some stuff that happened to him this week that is. Uh, He's definitely not happy about. Uh, we have news from Disneyland about the people who are cast members over there. Um, and we've also got a bunch of uh, entertainment-related stuff, including some trailers and some teasers to discuss. All that and more on this week's episode of Let's Weekend. So, to start us off, as always, we will do what we usually do, which is talk about all the stuff we've been doing this week. And Chris, we're going to, as always, start with you. What have you been doing this week? Yeah, I've been working a lot this week. Um, and today was sort of the the big return to winter as we got a couple mm-hmm. inches of snow. And it's been under freezing all day mm-hmm. uh, with wind chills down to like single digits for a good bit mm-hmm. of the day. So that's been real fun. Yeah. Uh, so that's been uh, the fun thing. Been watching not mm-hmm. too much, but been watching some older stuff I'd never seen before, mm-hmm. uh, like Train to Busan, mm-hmm. uh, which is really good. Yeah. Uh, there's one character that is just an asshole the entire fucking movie. Yep. Uh, even at the point they get their comeuppance, and then they're still an asshole after that. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those movies that you hope for a good ending, and then... Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the sort of bittersweet ending mm-hmm. of sorts because you think like, oh, these people are going to make it. And then you're like, oh, no, fuck everything I thought was going to happen here. Mm. Um, but yeah, I definitely see why that movie got uh, a lot of acclaim. Yeah. It gets referenced in some other Korean zombie movie or zombie shows and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's definitely very cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. One of those. Mm. Um the other one I watched is Twins. I've never seen that before, uh, but that's a that's a fun movie. It's a weird movie, yeah. Uh, especially as it's like we're gonna make a movie where uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Danny DeVito are twins, and not yep. identical twins, but just like we're just gonna make this weird combo movie, uh-huh. uh huh. Much like they would do when uh, uh, Arnold gets. Uh, Pregnant, I forget what that movie is. Mr. Mm-hmm. Mom, something like that. Um, that's a, a weird era he goes into mm-hmm. here in like the late 80s, early 90s. But uh, yeah, that's a pretty fun one. Uh, one of those where he's he's basically uh, a genetically 
not modified, but they take like the the sperm from six like outstanding people. Yeah. Uh, somehow turn that into uh, these two kids, where they basically say like, "Oh, one got all the good stuff, so he's smart, good looking, mm-hmm. you know, in incredible shape, and like keep him on like an island of mm-hmm. sorts, like a almost like the the Amazonians with the in DC." Uh, with like Wonder Woman and all that, um, yeah. he wants to go meet his brother and finds out it's this like down on his luck, you know, cheat guy who wants to uh, make money any way he can, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's it's pretty fun yeah. uh, for what it is. So there's that, and that's been pretty much it for things I've been watching. Um, yeah, but I've been playing some games. Uh, finally got the platinum trophy in spirit hunters uh yeah. the last trophy i had to get was just to get to level 100 in a run which is the max and unlike mm-hmm. uh vampire survivors where you have um or once you hit max on all the weapons you have you just mm-hmm. can like pick whether you get health items or coins out of it every time yeah. you level up here they just stop so you can keep collecting like the xp drops but it does nothing mm-hmm. at that point um but yeah i did the the one challenge they had that's specifically for that trophy, but I got to uh, the thing is you start with four weapons so that technically you're already at um, or before you start. So that's four of the levels that you're already missing. So you get to nine uh, 96 at the when you max them all out. So that's kind of a, mm-hmm. a weird thing, but I got to the point where the boss spawns at like 96 or 97 and then only got up to 99 by the time I beat the boss. And they don't let you repeat those. So I ended up just doing uh, a general run with uh, picking. I think I picked all the same weapons from that challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because you, you know, you level up and pick those, uh, you max them all out by the time you get to 100. So mm. it wasn't too tough. It was just a matter of getting it done. So that's a. As a platinum trophy done on that, so yep. I've been playing some Army of Ruin as a result. So yeah, still keeping that that thing going. But uh, uh, for other things, I've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake is the other big one. Mm-hmm. As I am in Chapter Sixteen, mm. uh, which is like the I think fifteen is when you make the uh, the ascent to go to the Shinra Corporation mm-hmm. headquarters to start doing your whole thing there. Mm-hmm. In fifteen, you're kind of going through a bunch of rubble to get to that point. Yeah, to their area, um, which isn't too long. It's not even. It's probably one of the shorter chapters I played. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a handful of fights, and then you get over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing really too complicated. That's really just like, oh, we're going to give you a grappling hook now mm-hmm. uh, to make it easier to get around because it's you know a place that's falling apart mm-hmm. essentially, which gets used a lot, in, at least in cutscenes because. They got stuff falling out, and they're, they're all missing aim on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I got into Shinra headquarters, which they have a really great bit in there um, mm-hmm. where you get the key card so you can start making your way up yeah. the building. And they're like, oh, you can go on the uh, the elevators, you can go up the steps. And I like explored what I could do with the the key card, and then I decided like, let's go on the steps because they're like, this is safer. And they let you climb 59 floors on the steps and Barrett's just complaining and uh, all the characters are just getting slower and slower as they get up. Uh, it's really fun. 
doing that. Uh, it's not like a thing like you can just stop and like catch your breath. They all just kind of get progressively slower, and they show you mm-hmm. on the like HP bars, like oh Tifa's at you know she's like a couple floors ahead of everybody, uh, Barrett and Cloud. And if you get ahead of Barrett, he's just like, hey, wait up for me. Ah, just mm-hmm. really tired out of it. So you get up to the top floor and like Barrett at one point is like, let's just go back down, take the escalator. And he's like, you're yeah. going to go all the way back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just, he's really pissed the entire time that you've made him do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get to that top floor and then everything's okay. Mm-hmm. They just hang out for a bit and they're all like, okay, we're good. And now we're going up a few more flights because you got to get more cards and all that kind of stuff to explore. And you think the people in Shinra headquarters would be weirded out by people with swords uh, walking around mm. and a man with a gun on in a gun arm thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they'd be like, uh, what are you guys doing? Uh, but all the like office people just don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. You just walk by and they do nothing. So, yep. there you go. That's a uh, bureaucracy for you. Mm-hmm. It's not their job to care about you guys, so they don't care. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, so what have you been doing, Brandon? Uh, I have uh, still playing Persona Three Reload. I'm about halfway through it. Um, at least I think I am. Uh, essentially, well, I say I think it's on uh, halfway through. I think there's actually like some more stuff that happens like because the thing with like persona 4 and persona 5 is you know the summer vacay is sort of like the midpoint of the game and i've already gone past that point um and we've gotten you know a pretty much all but like one of the members of the group into the party um one of two of whom are a robot and a dog that are both persona users so you know (laughs) pretty normal for a persona game but yeah yeah yeah. um and we've got like four of the like big shadows that we have to get rid of left to kill so we got that um but i got a got a uh a figure a fi i have a a sneaking suspicion that there's going to be some more to it especially considering this is a um uh, this is that, 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 that you know, on top of the fact that this is reload, there's probably going to be some extra game content compared to you know the original. Um, and I never really got to finish Persona 3 anyway, so it'll be fun to finally bring the story to an end. But uh, yeah, it, it's definitely moving a lot faster than Persona 4, Persona 5 did when I was playing them. Um, those games were definitely a little longer, I think. But yeah, uh, still very much enjoying it. Um, the formula works. What can I say? Um, and as far as like, uh, you know, other stuff, uh, I'm still watching Pantheon. Um, I finished season one and that ended on just an amazing note, but also a huge cliffhanger. And this was actually a show that was uh, all the, the second season was almost going, certainly going to be like, thrown into going to be like shelved permanently because you know the the producers were going to use it as a tax write-off but amazon ended up saving it but unfortunately to watch it on prime you have to use a vpn because it's not available over here in our region but 
Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty neat. Uh basically what what happens with uh season 2 is that the United States government decides to just basically shut off the internet indefinitely because now that there you have these these incredibly intelligent and powerful UIs that are, you know, roving the internet, that means that you know, they can basically do whatever they want as long as the as long as the uh internet is working so everybody's having to rely on intranet connections using you know stuff like what they call leapfrog which is you know basically a thing you can use to create an intranet sort of um connection for local stuff um and you know just other stuff like that so much of what we use is so connected to the internet that when the internet is shut down it's like so many people are now like having to rely, have to like go live essentially off the grid, meaning they're having to rely on the stuff that people did before we had the internet. Um, except for uh, Maddie and her family, who heard her father was one of the first UIs, they still have power in their house. And so, as you can imagine, uh, there's some suspicion involved. But uh, yeah, so that. So yeah, that that show is amazing. Amazing. I highly recommend it for anybody who wants to who wants a really good like adult animated show. That one is legitimately amazing. Um but uh yeah, and as far as like other stuff, music, I've been getting into J-pop a lot lately. I've been listening to this guy Ido Kashitaro. Um he's a one half of a J-pop duo called Ito Wakashi, and he he's unique because no one has ever actually seen his face. He's always either in shadow or he's wearing like a like an Inari mask, um, and he's just amazing. Like he's got an amazing sing. He's an amazing. He's got an amazing voice. He also does hip hop on occasion. Um, he is. He, he he's part of like one of those things that have become like really popular in J-pop after uh you know after uh Supercell hit it big, which is the quote unquote uh creative syndicates, which is where a bunch of people like the like songwriters and artists and stuff will get together and you know create songs and albums that have like you know anime illustration and stuff like that. Really cool. Um, and his stuff is uh particularly good. Um. What isn't particularly good is my work situation because I got laid off this week. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that like a post-holiday thing? Uh, it might be. And the thing was, I was almost like a year into it. Um, and there, you know, the part of the reason, you know, cause I, I got, I started there in March. So, you know, I was like a couple weeks aware from getting in the year. But the thing is, once you've been there a year, that's when your insurance kicks in, which is probably why they went ahead and let me go when they did. But yeah, last week was my last week. Um, and yeah, it was probably post-holiday related. Um, there's a lot of reasons. Uh, there had been a bunch of people, like long-timers, that had quit uh, the week before. Like one of the guys who was in produce, one of the cashiers... Uh, the woman who trained me, like all of them quit basically within three days. So yeah, I guess some, some info was going around that something was happening or something. Um, 
I don't know if you know this, but Kroger is in the midst of a merge with uh, Albertsons, which is like another major grocery chain in the wet out west. Um, and Kroger has sunk a lot of money into this merger, and it's still ongoing. And it's it, there's now news that the merger might fall through, and yeah, it's just it's it's not a good time right now. But to be completely honest, I was looking to get out anyway because I was getting really burned out at that job, um, and I I was already like looking for other positions within the store to get out of the courtesy clerk thing because courtesy clerk just it sucks, man. <laughs> it does. Um, I'm surprised I managed to to handle it as long as I did because yeah, but. You know, I was still in good standing when it all ended. So, you know, uh, you know, it's it's not like I'm, um, it's not like I was fired or anything. I was, you know, I they still have my information in the system. You know, I can still, you know, go for other positions in the store in other stores nearby, specifically the one that's closer, um, because the one I worked at was actually kind of a ways away from where I, like a few miles from where I live. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's not all bad. I've got a good chunk of money saved up in my, uh, checking account anyway, so it's fine. But yeah, so that kind of sucks, but honestly, it was probably a blessings in disguise. Um, but yeah, so that was pretty much my week. So, um, is there anything else you want to, uh, add on before we... Uh, move on. Nope. Alrighty then. In that case, it's now time for everybody's favorite part of the show, Brandon's Random Factoid. And, uh, so Chris, I may have asked you before, but have you ever played Myst before? No. You've never played Myst? I frankly don't blame you, um, because I'll be completely honest, in a lot of ways that game has not aged very well. Um, but I did play it a lot when I was younger, and it's really um, hard to overestimate how popular that game was when it first came out, and just how big of an impact it had on PC gaming. Because Myst was not like any of the computer games that had come up at that point. Like, okay, think about... and. So we're going to talk a little bit briefly about Myst itself this week because, you know, the game is, uh, let's see, it's it's like 30 years old now. <laughs> um, and when you consider the fact that what computer gaming and what computer games were like before this game released, because it released back in 1993, um, it defined... Uh, to a lot of people what a computer game was, how it could be more, I guess you could say, quote-unquote, sophisticated compared to a lot of the other stuff that was available on the platform. Um, and that is really much in comparison to what its competition at the time was. So before Myst, you know, we had adventure games on computers, but they were the point-and-click ones. And, you know, you, you had your, like, you know, your Secret to Monkey Island, uh, you know, Sam and Max, uh, games like that, quote-unquote true adventure games. And anybody who's played those games, you know, like Sierra King's Quest, that kind of thing, and anybody who's ever played those games before knows that 
they all work on adventure game logic. And adventure game logic, for anybody who has ever played old adventure games, means that uh, there's very little logic at all involved. It's very much a crapshoot. <laughs> it's very much trial and error where you will die many, many times before you finally get the final, you know, the, fi the final solution for the actual problem that you're facing uh you know like oh there's a there's like a thing with like a lever or it's there's supposed to be a lever there but like the actual lever is missing so you need to find something to put in the mechanism oh well this stick will surely work right no no it's got to be something like a spatula or something really dumb and obscure <laughs> like that um and then you had what the games you had in comparison to that uh you did have like your um, you know, your RPGs like Ultima, um, the Ultima series, which were pretty, pretty surprisingly, like, really elaborate for the time period, but also kind of complicated, especially if you're a newcomer. Um, and then you had to compare it to, you know, you had your uh, space simulators, you know, your wing commanders, that kind of thing. Um, and then you had... Uh, first-person shooters, which more or less became a thing after Wolfenstein 3D premiered, and really cemented itself when Doom came out in 1993. Uh, matter of fact, it came, Doom actually came out like a couple of months after Myst was released. It came out in December of 1993. Myst was released in September. Um, but the re what made Mist different and what made it such a big deal was that Mist essentially gave you a for the time very uh a very sophisticated environment to explore. Mist is entirely based around entirely based on an island, an out a uh, sort of outcropping in the middle of what looks like an invincible inv an an infinite sea. Um you there you are playing essentially yourself you're not playing a character it's just you've shown up on the middle on mist and you need to sort of explore the island to find out what the heck is going on and amongst the things you first find out you'll find like a a library and like a like an acropolis or a you know like a sort of vaguely greco-roman building that's like in front of a in front of a fountain that has like a like a wooden model ship on the middle of it um and one of the first puzzles you come in contact with is that fountain. You have to find a way to get the water to fill back up in the fountain so that you can raise up the ship. And when you do that, you get the page to one of the four uh, ages in the game, which are essentially these sort of pocket dimensions that are uh, that you have to go to to collect more pages. Uh, because you need to fill up these books um, in these uh, in these two these two books that you find in the library by these two different individuals, both of whom are basically trying to bullshit you into releasing the people who are in it. Um, and as you go through these various ages, you'll go through all kinds of them. There's uh, there is a so, like, the first one is the Stone Ship Age, which I just briefly talked about. That's the one that you get when you 
solve the the fountain puzzle and that's when you do that you can eventually you're and the thing is you're basically trapped into in these ages until you can complete all of the puzzles to get back to the other part of the get to get back to the actual island um and you essentially have to collect one of either a blue page or red page for one of the two books but as you're doing this and you're collecting the pages uh the two guys that you're trying to free basically are begging you not to touch the green book which is uh this book that you find when you finally locate the final pages for them uh it's supposed to be a what they call a trap book which is specifically a book uh that is used to trap person into a sort of pseudo like age it's basically just a black void that can trap you inside of it um and there's a bunch of different ages there's a stone ship age which i mentioned um there's one that is a uh like a, a an, an out there's one that's uh like a mechanical stage like factory there's one that is like all wooden it's like in the middle of a like a like a the wilderness and you can basically get lost in it um there's one that's uh all starry and astronomical like and the game actually not only is fairly like open ended it's also got like a bunch of different endings depending on what you do you see the two guys that you're trying to free from this game are the sons of this guy named Atreus. And Atreus is uh, actually trapped in another age, um, sort of in the middle of what's his study. But uh, through some machinations on your part and you know solving some puzzles that are hidden on the island, you can find the green book that's kept him trapped in there, and you can find the last page to free him. And if you go there, he will tell you what's actually going on, um, which a lot of it is stuff that is, that you'll figure out more or less through like environmental storytelling. Basically you find out that a lot, that both of these dudes are severely messed up. Um, One of them is a literal psycho um, who essentially used the ages that he would create basically to rule over them as like a sadistic demigod king whereas the other guy is a lot more sophisticated but he has a superiority complex and is basically just as malicious as his brother is it's just that he's better at hiding it um and so if you go back and free atrus he will briefly go out leaving you where he's been trapped in then he'll come back and let free you from you know, wherever he is, where he's hiding there, because he's in the middle of uh, translating some uh, books from uh, the people who had sort of pioneered the the sort of art of creating these ages. Um, and then you come back, and you'll find out that the two books that the brothers were trapped in have been burnt to a cinder. <laughs> um, and that basically sets the stage for Riven, which is the sequel to Mist. Um, and honestly, uh, in my opinion, actually superior <laughs> to the first Mist. Um, but yeah, Mist was a big deal for a number of different reasons. The big one was that, unlike all those other games I had previously mentioned, Mist was actually really easy to get into. The whole inter there was no like complicated interface you had to work on there was no you know notes that you had to take other than whatever you needed to solve the puzzles there was no complicated tables or numbers to memorize it was all point and click 
all point and click. You could just go right into the game and just explore at your leisure. You didn't even, honestly, you didn't even need to really do the story if you wanted to, because there was just a bunch of stuff to explore and look at. And in hindsight, the whole thing is very, uh, it's it's very crude. All of the environments that you are involved in are pre-rendered, and any of the like stuff that's actually like moving in the game, like you'll occasionally come across like birds or butterflies. It's very clearly like a GIF or whatever that's been placed on top of these pre-rendered environments. Um, there's this one part where you have to like get this uh this tree that's secretly like an like an elevator. And in order to uh, use it, you have to get it so that it goes up and then you have to get it to go back down because the way you get to the wilderness age is you have to get it to go underground to get to the chamber that's hiding the book that hides the wilderness age. But the way that the thing moves, it doesn't move like as a pneumatic column. It just goes, you know, just like, and it's very obvious that like, the screen is just like shifting from like one screen to the next instead of like a just like a general sort of movement. Um, and also, like it, it, if you look at it now, you know what vaporwave is, right? Because if you do, you've definitely seen a lot of images from Mist that are being used for like vaporwave videos um, for good reason. Because the original game's aesthetic is very vaporwave esque, but um. Yeah, so that is missed. Um, it's uh, not. I, 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 it it hasn't really aged all that well. That said, there are uh, remakes. Um, there's a VR remake that was released in 2021 that uses the Unreal Engine. It actually is pretty good, good looking. So if you want to experience Mist for the first time, um, I would. I would recommend doing the VR version. Um, it's It'll get you very close to the sort of the wonder that we all had when we first popped this in our computers back in the 90s. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's it, it ended up uh, inspiring a bunch of clones, as you can obviously uh, expect. This game was like, next to Doom, was like the first like major mainstream hit in PC gaming. And because of that, it colored how a lot of people saw what a PC game was supposed to be, especially a PC uh, adventure game is supposed to be. So there were a bunch of um, clones to Myst. Um, I can remember playing some of them. I remember uh, Beyond Time was one that I specifically remember. Um, Myst, of course, had sequels. Um, there was uh, Drown God, which was I, I actually talked about Drown God here on uh, this sh- on uh, this this podcast a while back. Um, uh, there was also like the Journeyman Project, um, Lighthouse, The Dark Beginning. Um, I would say Seventh Guest, but Seventh Guest actually came out before Myst did. <laughs> um, there was also Rim, uh, The Crystal Key, Riddle of the Sphinx. Yeah, there was a bunch of these games that were around. Um, but the original Mist is more or less where they got their ideas from. Um, and if you ever get a chance and play it, they'll you, you most of the editions will usually come with like a short documentary telling about how they made the first game. And it's fun to watch because especially like the 
the sound engineering, like the foleying that they did for it. Cause like the mechanical whir that you hear in like the mechanical parts of the game is actually like the tone of like a, I think like a hex wrench that somebody hit with like a stick or something. And then the recording is like slowed way down in post. So yeah, um, that was Miss 1993 defined PC gaming for a lot of people. Um, I don't want to say it's, uh, I don't want to not recommend it because uh, even though it hasn't aged that well, it's still an experience that every serious PC gamer should experience at some point. But yeah, that was missed. And that was uh, another edition of Brandon's Random Factoid. All right. So with that, uh, it is time, as always, to move on to the show proper. And as always with the show proper, we start off with our assholes of the week. And our first asshole of the week has to do with some stuff that went down in uh israel uh last this week um as uh israel's war on hamas is on still ongoing going on in gaza they demanded palestinians go to rafah on sunday um and as the super bowl was going on which i don't know if y'all watch super bowl but israel put in some pro israel uh commercials during the super bowl uh they were bombing all the people that they said to go to rafah Yep. Uh, more than 100 people were killed mm-hmm. uh, due to these airstrikes. So, yeah. Yeah. Really seemed like a, a really intentional thing. Mm-hmm. As much as they claim they're going after Hamas, they're just killing as many people as they can mm-hmm. uh, and all that. So, yeah, it's just uh, awful to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like there are over 28,000 people have been killed yep. in there. Yeah. Attacks on Gaza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, really much. Yeah, I mean, there's really not anything to add to that. It's just horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I mean, you hear stories about that and you feel just absolutely powerless. <laughs> it's like, shit, I wish I could do something, but there really is nothing I can do right now. Um, but so that happened. And then we have this other shit. So, uh, former president Donald Trump basically said during one of his rallies that he would allow Russia to attack any NATO allies if they were delinquent on payments. Those of you who don't know if a country is, uh, a member of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, you have to dedicate a certain percentage of your GDP to f- help fund the organization. Um, I'm trying, I can't remember like what the percentage is supposed to be. I think it might be slightly different for every member country, but, um, yeah. Yeah. He's weirdly obsessed with, uh, the, the spending by mm -hmm. countries. Yeah. Uh, for as much as he is a person who has long refused to pay bills Mm -hmm. that he owes, um, and has long falsely suggested there are unpaid balances owed by allies. And mm-hmm. yeah, in this campaign rally, basically said he would not. Uh, let's see. If we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump recalled another country's leader asking while him, him while he was president. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want, mm-hmm. which is a hell of a thing to say. And, you know, he's campaigning to get back into office. So. Mm-hmm. We have to give a damn about what he has to say because he 
claims he's going to follow through with these things. Mm-hmm. Should he get back into office and you know, like the the awful things he is uh, mm-hmm. claiming he'll do, as well as you know the the stuff about immigration and all that that he wants to enact and get rid of as many of them as they can. Uh, so yeah. And he's also suggested that hundreds of billions came into NATO after his threats, though NATO spending was on the rise before he took office in 2016. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he likes to take credit for things that aren't really his doing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, of course, the, the White House has been very upfront saying these remarks are unhinged uh, mm-hmm. and saying under President Biden, NATO is the largest and most vital it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, encouraging encouraging invasions of our closest allies by murderous regimes is appalling and unhinged, mm-hmm. and it endangers American national security, global stability, and our mm-hmm. economy at home. Rather than calling for wars and promoting deranged chaos, President Biden will continue to bolster American leadership and stand up for our national security interests, not against them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, kind of just a whole thing that should be a bigger deal than it has been, but... Mm-hmm. Kind of how things are. The media yeah. is kind of falling in line back to what it was doing in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not great. No. That's just as they're continuing to harp on Biden's age, where you have Trump at one of his campaign rallies claim Biden's going to change the name of Pennsylvania if he wins. And it's like, yeah. where the fuck do you get this from? Mm-hmm. It's just him saying ridiculous shit because he can, people will clap to it. Mm-hmm. And believe him when he's fear mongering and all this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and then we got this bit of news. So there was uh, an FBI informant that was supposedly behind a lot of the accusations that both the uh, current president uh, Joseph Biden and his son Hunter had these illicit business ties to Ukraine. And that informant has now been charged by the FBI for having made false statements. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. He was indicted on charges of making a false statement and creating Mm -hmm. a false and fictitious record. Mm -hmm. Uh, No attorney was immediately listed for him in court records. Uh, He was expected to make a first court appearance in Las Vegas where he was arrested Wednesday after arriving from overseas. If convicted, he faces a maximum penalty of 25 years in prison. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the charges were filed by Justice Department Special Counsel David Weiss, mm-hmm. who has separately charged Hunter Biden with firearm and tax violations. So this is part of that uh, special counsel investigation mm-hmm. they've got going on. It seems to throw a lot of uh, uh, the GOP's claims of evidence and all this into where you thought it was in the trash because it didn't mm-hmm. exist. Um. Yeah, this guy falsely told FBI agents in June 2020 that executives associated with the Ukrainian energy company Burisma paid mm-hmm. Hunter and Joe Biden $5 million each in 2015 or 2016. Uh, he told the FBI that a Burisma executive had claimed to have hired Hunter Biden to protect us through his dad from all kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. The allegation became a flashpoint in Congress last summer as Republicans demanded the FBI release the unredacted form documenting the allegations as they pursued investigations of Biden and his family. Mm-hmm. They acknowledged at the time that it was unclear if the allegations were true. So, mm-hmm. and as we now know, completely untrue. Yeah. So this, this guy was lying that he had this information. Yep. So yeah, that happened. Yeah. And uh, now for something that's just 
awful. So as everybody knows, is the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And of course, after every Super Bowl, the uh, they come home to a victory parade in in their uh, their representative city. And so the Kansas City Chiefs had their Super Bowl parade. And while that was happening, uh, two teenagers got into a dispute that then turned into a shooting that ended up killing one person, injuring injuring twenty two others, including nine children. Yeah, I think over half of them were children. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the juveniles were charged Thursday and are being held at Juno, juvenile detention center on gun-related and resisting arrest charges. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's see here. Yeah, 22 other victims ranged in age from 8 to 47. At least half were under the age of 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, Children's Mercy Hospital said the youngest patient received was 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the person that died was a popular radio DJ, Lisa Lopez Galvin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I believe her dad, I had read up on this is a, uh, a known, uh, mariachi musician. So mm-hmm. that has a, a name to her. So yeah, this is sad to see, especially cause this was, this doesn't seem like it was any part, you know, coordinated attack or anything. Just these two mm-hmm. idiots that somehow had guns, uh, getting into a fight and then turning deadly and killing one person and injuring mm-hmm. a bunch of other people. And I saw that uh, in the midst of all this chaos, uh, the governor of Missouri, who was at the parade was seen running away uh, mm-hmm. who had, a few years ago, like in 2021 mm-hmm. had relaxed the gun laws there as he wanted mm-hmm. to be a model for, you know, protecting the second amendment sort of thing. And, mm-hmm. and so that's great. Great for him see the mm-hmm. what his terrible laws have uh turned into here mm-hmm. yeah <sighs> but uh we also have some heroes of the week uh hero of the week to talk about because it wasn't all terrible uh for those who don't know george santos uh he was expelled from the house of representatives meaning they had to have a sex special election to fill his seat and because of that the seat had flipped to a Democrat, Tom Swazi. Um, he won by, I think it was like nine points or maybe seven compared to his opponent. Yeah, about seven and a half points. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Thomas Swazi versus Mazi Pillip, mm-hmm. uh, who I believe was an Israeli immigrant who yeah. campaigned on uh, kicking out the immigrants, mm-hmm. which seems like a hell of a thing. Yeah. Uh, to campaign for, but mm-hmm. uh, as a, a bit of a surprise, I think the polling was suggesting this is going to be like a one or two point real close mm-hmm. race, and it ended up not being at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they had about 160 some thousand votes, and uh, Tom got uh, 91,000 of that, so mm-hmm. uh, did a pretty good job. Starts flipping some of the, the seats in the, the house towards the Democrats favor as uh, I think this gets them down like five people from where mm-hmm. the Republicans are at who already have a number of other seats that are going to be up for grabs throughout this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the Democrats have a, a strong chance of mm. flipping the house back in their favor, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great news. Yep. All right. 
so uh, with that, we now move on to the from the show proper to the proper show proper. And the first story we've got tonight is that Alexei Navalny, who was the famous opposition leader to Vladimir Putin, has died in prison. Um, yeah, Navalny was a very complicated individual. Um, he's most famous, of course, for his opposition to Vladimir Putin. Um, but he was a lot of other things, too. Um, yeah, you go on. <laughs> yeah, he uh, very much has been a, a prominent critic of Trump mm-hmm. uh, or uh, Putin because, you know, mm-hmm. that's not a thing that people get to be and survive for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously he didn't survive for that long. He's dead at 47. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, circumstances that probably... Uh, Putin would say is just unfortunate, but we know that he would pull strings on this kind of stuff, get him poisoned or whatever. Mm. Uh, yeah, he had been sentenced to 19 years in prison, mm-hmm. charges including extremism, embezzlement, and fraud. Probably seen as Kremlin retribution for his political activities, which yeah mm-hmm. would not be a huge surprise uh, if those are falsified. But mm. yeah, um, interesting person. I think he ran against Putin at least once, mm-hmm. um, which obviously did not he did not win uh, for obvious reasons. But yeah, this is a hell of a thing. Unsurprising, really. But mm-hmm. that's kind of the the way that Putin runs things over there. Yep. Until somebody is able to actually overturn. Yeah. Either get him killed or take out his people. Mm-hmm put a serious dent into his protection there, but yeah, so far that hasn't really happened yet. Nope. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that happened. Um, and now for another little story, uh, Trump's, uh, fraudulent business trial ended, um, this week in New York. He has been sentenced to pay over three hundred and fifty-five million dollars for his fraudulent business practices in the city in the state of New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh it's yeah, I think it's three hundred and fifty-five million. Uh Eric and Donald Jr. are each liable for four million. Alan Weisselberg mm-hmm. is liable for one million. And with interest, it pushes the the total of yeah. all of them to, to over four hundred and fifty million. Mm-hmm. Then I believe also with every day that they don't pay, it increases even further through the the interest stuff. So, yeah, this is a hell of a thing here. Um, mm-hmm. The judge also decided to limit Trump and his co-defendants' ability to do business in the Empire State. Mm-hmm. Trump and his companies are prohibited from serving as an officer or director of any New York business mm-hmm. or applying for loans for three years. His sons are limited from similar leadership roles for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Jeffrey McConey, ex-controller of the Trump Organization, also defendant, is not ordered to pay any amount, but he and Weisselberg are permanently barred from serving the financial control function of any New York corporation mm-hmm. or similar business entity registered or licensed in New York State. So, throwing down a bunch of stuff here and throwing him a, a lofty bill that he will have to pay at some point. Mm-hmm. Which I've seen coincidentally after, you know, Claiming he was a billionaire for the last several years. Now they're like, oh, he only has, you know, 
300 300 million how's he supposed to pay this and all that and Mm. as i well, you shouldn't have done the crimes Mm. you know i think this is technically a a civil case uh which is why i'll have a hard time appealing any of this uh so yeah that'll be uh fun to get uh one of these done now the major trials so there you go Mm -hmm. yeah um but that's not the only one. He's got another one that he's got to do that'll be starting in March, March 25th to be exact. Yeah. Uh, I believe the the one we just talked about was led by Letitia James. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one is uh, was brought by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, mm-hmm. who charged Trump with 34 felony counts last year, alleging he falsified New York business records in order to conceal damaging information. Mm-hmm. Before the 2016 presidential election, uh, which includes hush money payments to adult film star Stormy Daniels, mm-hmm. who threatened to go public with charges that she had had an affair with Trump. Not long yeah. after he married Melania Trump and she had their kid. Mm. Uh, so that's a a fun thing. But yeah, this will be starting in a, about a month. So mm-hmm. they're expecting this to go six weeks. So mm. that'll be fun to have him have to deal with that along with campaigning and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, and uh, then we have this other thing. So the Senate has actually passed an aid bill for both for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan after the you know debacle that happened the other week. Well, the House is planning not to vote on it. Yeah, and it voted seventy to twenty nine mm-hmm. to advance a ninety five billion dollar foreign aid package. Uh, but the, the House uh, uh, Speaker has said that they are not going to mm-hmm. do anything with it. Mm-hmm. So that seems like it's going to be a fun time, though I've seen word that there's another bipartisan bill mm-hmm. that's being worked on. And some that might have border stuff in it again. So I don't I don't know what's going on with any of this shit. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. We'll see if yeah. any of it comes out and does anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and another House of Representatives bullshit. The House finally managed to impeach Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas by one vote. Yeah. One vote. to 213. Yep. Uh, so that's fun. I don't think the Senates are going to take it up in mm-hmm. the, the Senates to convict him of this. Mm-hmm. Because what they're doing here is really... Nothing consequential. Mm-hmm. They're just taking this one angle to make it seem like something terrible has been done, but mm-hmm. it's nothing. But uh, yeah, he's the first cabinet member of a president to be impeached since William Belknap, mm-hmm. Secretary of War under President Ulysses S. Grant in 1876. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's highly unlikely he'll be convicted in the Senate or removed from office. So. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Uh, DHS spokesperson said, in mm-hmm. statement that the impeachment was done without a shred of evidence or legitimate constitutional grounds, which is not wrong. House mm-hmm. Republicans will be remembered by history for trampling on the Constitution for political gain rather than working to solve the serious challenges at our border. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they finally did a thing, but it doesn't really mm-hmm. mean anything. Yeah. It's exactly what they claim the, the Democrats are guilty of when they impeached Trump twice. Yeah. 
or actual crimes they he committed. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. And uh, then we got this uh, next story that's just, holy crap, there's so many layers to it. So there was a teacher in Tucson, Arizona, who lost her job over having an OnlyFans account. Now, that's the first layer. Yeah. So, Brandon, you click on the link here. Yeah. You'll see a picture. Yep. I know. Uh, of somebody that's familiar. And you're like, yeah, it's like wait, wait, what's what's she got to do with this? Yeah. Uh, so if you're looking at the picture, you're thinking, wait, I remember this. This is Rachel Dolezal. She was the woman who claimed to be, uh, I think she claimed to be African-American, maybe even biracial, but she was in fact a white woman born from a white family who'd been pretending that she was this whole time. Yeah, she was and like that, transracial or something. Yeah. And then the controversy happened, blew over, and she kind of disappeared into the ether. Yeah. Uh, this is the same person. <laughs> Yeah, under a new name. Under a brand new name, yeah. Uh, Nikechi Diallo? Mm Mm-hmm. Which is like, okay, she's going even further in the the black name thing. Yeah, and she's had some uh, work done as well, if you've seen recent pictures of her. So Uh, the hilarious thing about this article is they got the video of the the segment, Mm -hmm. and the thumbnail is a a blurred-out picture from her OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, you probably shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but uh, also the pictures they picked, they just like kind of, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're blurred. They should have just blacked it out versus blurring. Mm-hmm. So otherwise, it's like you can still kind of see things. It's just mm-hmm. blurred a bit. I don't. Know. It's it's weird, but. Yeah, she's uh, teaching in Tucson, uh, or she was, uh, with the Catalina Foothills School District. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, then uh, then this came to light. Uh, she had a public social media page where she has mm-hmm. LinkedIn OnlyFans page that appears to be operated by her. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow, like, a couple of these pictures got out at a certain point, and the, uh, the school found out and basically fired her. Mm-hmm as a result for running this kind of page as they mm. have a policy on use of social media. Yeah. Uh, by district employees, mm-hmm. their staff have ethics policy stuff. Yep. That led to this. And it's like, yeah, this is a unsurprising result. Mm-hmm. Generally you should one, not uh, share it on public social media accounts. Mm-hmm. And two, maybe I'm assuming she has her name on there. So it's like, Mm-hmm. Maybe don't do that. You're trying to protect yourself, but mm-hmm. yeah, turn the way to advertise that thing now. Yeah, <laughs> so you're like, wait, she has a what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then we got this bit of uh news. It's actually pretty awesome. Uh, a bunch of cast members over in Disneyland in California are actually looking to start a union. Yeah. Uh, for about 1,700 character performers mm-hmm. with Actors' Equity Association. Yeah. Uh, who represents some 51,000 professional actors and stage managers on Broadway and in live theater across the U.S., mm-hmm. including some performers at Walt Disney World in Florida. Yep. Uh, they're going under the name Magic United. Mm-hmm. Disneyland Union organizers have begun circulating union authorization cards with 1,700 cast members work at the Anaheim California Park and will seek voluntary recognition 
from Disney Resort Entertainment if and when a majority of workers have signed. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that'll be fun to see if that uh, mm-hmm. goes through. Yep. Um, yeah, we'll see. Because, um, uh, as we say all the time, uh, momentum right now is on the side of labor. So, yeah. Um, and then we got this other bit of news. So, for those of you who don't know, Prime Video is increasing its price. And because of that, there's a bunch of Amazon users that are filing a class action lawsuit over it. Um, yeah. And this definitely seems like a thing that will be mm-hmm. more of a factor for, say, the people that paid for a year in advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, because basically what they did is that they said, uh, if you want to basically keep the perks that you are uh, enjoying sort of with uh, uh, watching the videos on Prime Video without ads, you need to pay extra money. Mm-hmm. Uh, three bucks per month. I don't know if, the, if they increase the monthly price or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but typically when you pull these kind of moves, you grandfather people in for a while yeah. at the price and say like, hey, if you want to uh, stay at this tier, it'll raise up to this price at you know a year from now or whatever. But it seems like they didn't really do that. Mm-hmm. They just kind of did it for probably whatever the next billing cycle is. Mm-hmm. And that's typically not a great way to do things. And so, yeah, this mm-hmm. class action lawsuit has been filed saying for years, people purchased and renewed their Amazon prime subscriptions, believing that they would include ad free streaming mm-hmm. last month. Amazon changed the deal stream movies and TV shows without ads. Amazon customers must now pay an additional two ninety nine per month. Yep. Uh, this is not fair because these subscribers already paid for the ad-free version, but uh, these subscribers should not have to pay an additional two ninety nine per month for something they already paid for. Mm-hmm. I think that seems reasonable. I don't know how much this goes. This will turn into actual money being awarded, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. <sighs> we will. We'll see. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, speaking of, uh, entertainment shit, Paramount has laid off about 800 people due to co- cost cutting measures. So, yeah. 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 That's, uh, the whole thing. Obviously the CEO, Bob Beck is just not going to take less pay, mm-hmm. uh, to help things out. But as a result, they are laying off, uh, about 800 employees worldwide, mm-hmm. estimated 3% of its headcount. Uh, which is going to be a fun time for them. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Yep. Especially as they're, I think, l- potentially looking at a partnership with Peacock mm-hmm. to combine subscription services. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, you found the two services that people uh, care about the least and like put them together maybe to make that mm-hmm. more palatable. Yeah. That's with Paramount already merging with Showtime. So. Mm-hmm. Like the the ultimate mid streaming service, so mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that shit's going down. Um, but we do have some trailers to discuss. Um, for one thing, we got a teaser trailer for Deadpool and Wolverine because yeah, that was definitely yeah. going to happen at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's been in the works for a while, but the strike and pandemic and all that has kind of thrown a wrench mm-hmm. into this movie's release time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they're finally getting this out. Uh, I'm trying to see if they have a date for it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not yet. Mm. No, I don't think there's one listed here. 
Oh, July 26th. Okay. It's right at the end. But yeah, this this teaser trailer just features uh, Wade mm. uh, as he's going through a birthday party kind of thing before the uh, TVA from the, the Loki series mm-hmm. uh, show up and sort of take him for something he's supposed to do and being mm-hmm. what Deadpool is, a uh, character that breaks the fourth wall constantly mm-hmm. and essentially will know the... Uh, be the only one that knows what happened with the acquisition of Fox and merging, you know, the, the, the X-Men and mutants all into the, the Marvel cinematic universe thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he gets a, a bit where he sees their little batons. He's like, Oh, I'm okay with pegging, but Disney isn't. Kind <laughs> of thing. Um, so yeah, that seems like it could be neat. Oh Yeah. Uh, we'll see how this goes, but uh, yeah, Hugh Jackman posted after this thing went out uh, a version of the uh, title that said Wolverine and Asshole mm-hmm. uh, as they've been playfully talking shit to each other over social media mm-hmm. for that, so that'll be fun. Uh, though, it's definitely been a weird reaction to this where people are uh, ignoring that, like, she-Hulk did a lot of this uh, fourth wall breaking stuff mm-hmm. uh, for a series and people act like, oh, this is the first one to do it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no. People are just assholes and want to act like She-Hulk doesn't exist, but yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, and uh, we also got an official trailer for The Fall Guy. Yeah. yeah. It still continues to look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Ryan Gosling movie where he's a stuntman and he's a a veteran of the of the the movie industry and all that. So, um, but he ends up falling into this weird conspiracy uh, as he gets hired for a job that ends up uh, taking him on some wild adventures where he's not sure exactly what uh, is real and what's not here um has a good bit at the end to tie into the the super bowl stuff with uh taylor swift where he's sitting mm-hmm. in the car listening to taylor swift and emily Blunt's character like catches up to him mm-hmm. he's like are you uh she's like are you just crying in the car listening to taylor swift mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like yeah it doesn't matter you know uh seems like a fun movie so that's out may 3rd Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And then we got an official trailer for Twisters, the sequel to Twister. Yeah. I don't know why. Kind of a sequel, I don't know. They're trying to frame it in a weird way where I guess it's yeah. technically a sequel, but none of the people from the original mm-hmm. are there. Maybe do not mm-hmm. like instead of them, like the first movie was Kind of a fairly serious disaster movie, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And this one, they're like, what if we do that in 2024 where we're just making it ridiculous? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is not bad, but it's just different vibes to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they're dealing with, you know, storm chasers who have all the, like, the modern tech where you have uh, 
those like drillers to kind of uh, lower the keep the vehicles attached to the ground essentially and try and keep mm-hmm. them from getting pulled away with the uh, tornadoes. But it has deals with like a, a huge series of storms just hitting this place constantly mm-hmm. as these people are like thrill seekers or whatever. But there's also lots of ridiculous stuff going on uh, mm-hmm. constantly. That's seems like it should be a wild time. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, that's out in July, July 19th. Mm-hmm. So, be able to check that out yeah and uh yeah then we got a tweezer teaser trailer for wicked although apparently it's actually like wicked part one because apparently they're yeah. chopping it up into two movies but yeah yeah it's weird they keep just calling it wicked but then i seen them promote it as wicked part one and i'm like i don't know what what's going on here mm-hmm. uh, but it's unsurprising that they're doing two parts like stretch this out mm-hmm even for a story that's, you know, it's been on Broadway for a few decades now. It's not a super long plot, but they're going to figure out a way to stretch it mm-hmm. as much as they can. But yeah, they have uh, Cynthia Erivo, who is in uh, Harriet's and the Broadway version of The Color Purple. Mm-hmm. As Alfaba, you know, the green witch, uh, the yeah. wicked witch. Um, mm-hmm. And Ariana Grande is Glinda, the, the good witch. So. Yep. And sort of details their relationship pre Dorothy visiting the uh, the wizard and all that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and they got a bunch of other big names: Michelle Yeoh, mm-hmm. Ethan Slater. Um, yeah, a bunch of other people here: Jonathan Bailey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it looks like it could be pretty cool. Bowen yeah. Yang plays one of the. Uh, Fanny and Shen Shen, mm-hmm. uh, two conniving compatriots of Glinda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bo Yang and Bronwyn James. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. bunch of people. Yeah. Directed by yeah John Chu, who did uh, Crazy mm. Rich Asians and In the Heights. So yeah, it's got some good uh, stuff there. Yeah, part two is November twenty sixth, twenty twenty five. Mm-hmm. Like this is also on Thanksgiving for this yeah. year. Mm. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, and last but not least, we got an official trailer for X Men '97, the sequel animated series to the original animated series from the '90s, and it looked great. Yeah, especially they, yeah, they start off with a, here's the ending of that show, mm-hmm. where Professor X dies. Yep, and they're like, what's the aftermath of that? And I was like, man, you didn't even give me a chance to watch it. And, yep. Uh, seems neat. Yeah. Uh, this will be starting on Disney Plus March 20th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can check that out. It's going to probably go a bit deeper into the, the X-Men. Oh, yeah. Uh, arsenal of Heroes. Yeah. Um, the Well, it, the the original, the one that aired on television, the cartoon was based on uh, the X-Men that the X-Men comic that had started in, I think it was 1990, 1990, 1991. It was illustrated by Jim Lee. Um, yeah. So the, 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 the cartoon basically ate that art style basically. Um, but it went through like a bunch of the, the famous, um, the, uh, a bunch of the, 
the famous X-Men storylines, you know, the Phoenix Saga, uh, you know, the God Loves, Man Kills, all that stuff. So, yeah, um, it introduced, like, Cable and all that. Yeah, it's it, it was pretty cool. And it was it was surprisingly sophisticated and mature for a Saturday morning cartoon. So, yeah. Yeah. I think the only version of any of that is I had some movies. I think that's when Kitty Pride got introduced. Yep. And that whole thing. So, yeah, that's like the only uh, thing I've seen yeah. of any of it. Yeah. And I can't remember if Jubilee was actually um, <laughs> originally, if she was originally created for the cartoon, if she was in the, com- yeah, she was in the comic. She was in, uh, she started in Uncanny X-Men in 80, back in 89. But um, yeah. So yeah, she's back too. <laughs> Basically all of them, all the ones that you remember are back. Wolverine's there, Gambit's there, Storm's there. They updated Storm. They actually kind of worked on their hair, if you'll notice. They don't quite have the giant 80s hair <laughs> that they originally had. Um, at least Storm and Rogue don't. But yeah, it looks amazing. I, I'm i really excited to watch this. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so with that, I do believe we've got ourselves a show, folks. Yes, we do. I do believe we got ourselves a show. So I would like to remind all of our listeners, if you got a question, comment, something you want us to read on the air, you can get in contact with us at letsweekenders at gmail.com. That's letsweekenders at gmail.com. We got a link for you in the show notes. Also, on top of Apple Podcasts, you can catch our little bit of unscripted shenanigans at TuneIn, Google Play, RSS, Archive.org, or pretty much any kind of other podcast aggregator you can think of. Um. So, yeah, um, we're going to go ahead and wind it down for the night. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, and thank Chris once again for joining me again tonight. If you like what you heard, please do not hesitate to share us with your friends, your family, your casual acquaintances, your fellow, your coworkers, your mortal enemies, and everywhere in between because they may hate you, but they may love us. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and stop it here. Um, Thank you for listening. Uh, Hopefully we'll be seeing you all next week. um, And hopefully the weather won't be quite as hectic and cold uh, as we're slowly inching into March and, of course, into spring. But then again, like I said at the top of the show, never trust a freaking chipmunk. I mean, a a freaking groundhog. I mean, didn't any of y'all watch the movie? That's... Don't... Don't trust a groundhog. That was the that was the lesson of that movie, right? At least I think it was. One of them, I guess. One of them. Uh, whatever. Maybe I need to watch it again. Good night, everybody.